0: betting landscape from coast to coast this is betting across america on BSN the sports betting network
3: welcome in to betting across america brought to you by betmgm the second half of the show today as we shift from the tip of the strip To downtown Las Vegas, I'm Brady Cannon, along with Wes Reynolds, live at the Circa Resort and Casino. We say thank you to Femi Abefefe and James Salinas for getting the show kicked off. We're with you for the next three hours here on this Sunday, the 24th day of July. Wes, good to be with you again, my friend. I have not seen you since the uh, British Open concluded. Congrats to you. You and Matt Humans, of course, filled in for me this week covering the preview Of the 3M Open. And uh, did anybody land on Scott Piercy, the local Las Vegas product? And San Diego State Aztec.
4: I sure did not. Uh, and and look, you know, you have a good card last week, and then you follow it up, or at least I did, with the big egg. Uh, nobody in contention here at the 3M Open, but we'll be monitoring it during the program, nonetheless. Scott Piercy with a five-shot lead. Scott Piercy kind of doing what he does. You know, you get to this point in the season, just a couple weeks before the FedEx Cup is going to go ahead and get started. You got to get in that 125 in points. Scott Piercy currently outside of it, but with the win today, he is obviously well into the 125, gets that two-year exemption. He now has a five-shot lead as uh, they go on the air for the network coverage of the 3M Open. 20 under par, Tony Finau currently in second at 15
3: under. Yeah, Piercy entered the final round with a four-shot lead over Emiliano Grillo, and he was minus 145 at BetMGM to go ahead and close this out. Tony Finau was one shot further back and was actually the second choice at plus 450. And next week, they will tee it up at the Rocket Mortgage Classic in Detroit. A little Donald Ross double Mm -hmm. dip. We get Donald Ross at the uh, Detroit Golf Club and then also the designer of Sedgefield Country Club, which will host the Wyndham Championship the following week and at the end of the Wyndham Championship that will determine the top 125 in the FedEx Cup standings and that will determine who is making it into golf's postseason.
4: Yeah, and uh, maybe we just mush Scott Piercy here because he is going to take a bogey, I believe, at number eight. So that goes to a four-shot lead. Currently at BetMGM, Scott Piercy, minus $7. Tony Fee now now four back at $5. Uh, and then there is a big drift. <laughs> Everybody else is about 100-to-one or more because I believe Emiliano Grillo just took a triple bogey. Ooh. So he is now at 125-to-one. Tom Hoagie, 100-to-one. Sunjay M, 100-to-one. So... Look, even though with this bogey on number eight, still a four-shot lead, 10 holes to play for Scott Piercy, this is uh, all in his bag uh, as of now. This is his tournament to win.
3: Yeah, if he uh, goes to the back nine with a four-shot lead, that is a pretty big cushion, again, for the local Las Vegas product. Big day on the Diamonds today, four days removed from the All-Star break. We currently have a lot of games going on in progress. The Chicago Cubs going for the sweep on the road at Philadelphia. Phillies closed as a short favorite here with a total of 10, and right now this is uh, finished, just Yeah, they just got it. Chicago Cubs 4-3. to three. Game stays under the total, and Chicago sweeps the Phillies. Phillies come out of the All-Star break just seemingly in, uh, in a slumber here as they're mm-hmm. fighting for this uh, crown in the National League East division, but right now it's all Atlanta and the Mets, and that's three losses in a row for the Phillies.
4: Yeah, that puts the Phillies, I mean, not obviously out of it. They're just one game out of the spot, but— When you're fighting for the wild card, because look, maybe getting into the NL East was going to be a little bit too much considering how the Braves have been playing, considering that the Mets have not slowed down. Uh, So the Phillies right there in that mix, the two wild card spots at the moment would be the Braves and the San Diego Padres uh, and, and also the Cardinals, but then the Phillies, the Giants, kind of the two teams battling to try to stay inside that. Not a good series for Philadelphia.
3: The uh, Atlanta Braves, speaking of the Braves, they were going for a sweep of their own today, just a half game behind the Mets in the National League East Division, and they were better than $2 favorites hosting the Los Angeles Angels, but right now it's all Angels, 8 to nothing, blanking the Atlanta Braves in the bottom half of the fourth inning. The Toronto Blue Jays going for a sweep on the road at Fenway behind Ross Stripling. Toronto closed as minus 165 favorites. They opened at about minus 130, minus 135. They got all kinds of steam today. And the total closed at 10.5. And right now, 5-2 to two in favor of Toronto. Boston has really been struggling.
4: Yeah, Boston does have a run here in the fourth. So now it is five to 5-2, two, two outs, still one on. But... I got to think, just the way this series went this weekend, they got absolutely hammered by the Blue Jays, and now they're going to go top of the fifth Toronto, a three-run lead. 28-5 to on Friday. When you look at the Red Sox, I think they kind of gave Red Sox Nation a little bit of hope after that bad start, and then they got hot in, in late May and early June. This team might be have to be a seller in the deadline. I know this would only drop them to 500, so they're not technically out of it. But you look at this pitching right now, it does not look promising for the Red Sox. So it's going to be interesting August 2nd, so we're a little over a week away from the trade deadline. I got to think maybe the Red Sox could be potential sellers because when you're in the best division in all of baseball and look, Baltimore is still in last place, but they're right around 500. Toronto's clearly not going to sell. Tampa Bay's not going to sell. They're going to go for it. And the Yankees obviously got a big lead. So uh, be interested to see what Boston does. And then one thing on that uh, Atlanta game, another struggle start for Ian Anderson. Mm-hmm. Uh, now he is uh, sitting on the Braves bench, just like the other Ian Anderson, Jethro Tull, Aqualung. <laughs> you know that tune. Uh, so somebody got it at least. Uh, eight to nothing, by the way. Five runs in the first for the Angels and then three in the fourth. So. Angels trying to avoid that sweep. They haven't been doing a lot of hitting or a lot of winning lately.
3: The New York Yankees have lost three out of their last four games. A rubber match today in Baltimore, where the Bombers closed as minus 170 favorites with a total of nine. Right now, certainly on a pace to stay under the total, but New York looking to get back in the win column. And this is similar to what we saw on Saturday, West New York came out to a lead three to nothing right now, and then they let Baltimore back into the ball game, and Baltimore ended up winning That one, but right now, bottom of the fifth inning, Yankees up three to nothing and minus 800 on the money line in the live market. Your live total all the way down to 7. Two-run shot already for Aaron
4: Judge. Yeah. I believe that is now number 37 as uh, he and Shohei Otani continue to kind of battle back and forth on the odds board for the AL Cy Young. I know we'll get to that later in the program, but uh, as of now, going to the bottom of the th- 3 nothing pinstripes.
3: Sandy Alcantara on the bump for the Miami Marlins in Pittsburgh. They were minus 175 favorites here in the rubber match, 7 for your total, and right now the game is 3-1 to one in the bottom of the 6th inning, In favor of the Marlins, your total has ticked up in the in-game market to seven and a half. The Minnesota Twins and Detroit Gray versus Garcia. Twins back to a two-game lead over Cleveland in the division. They went off as minus 165 favorites today with a total of eight and a half. Same score here in Detroit. 3-1 3-1 to one in favor of Minnesota. Bottom of the fourth inning there, your in-game total has uh, not changed. It is still at 8.5, and, and that's an interesting division, the AL Central. Mm-hmm. Cleveland and Detroit, of course, played a doubleheader that they split yesterday. Now a good pitching matchup with Dylan Cease and Shane Bieber today, and right now it's been all Dylan Cease.
4: Yeah, and it's been all Dylan Cease, really, this season. He has been by far the best pitcher in that White Sox starting rotation, uh, and we've seen those guys. Giolito struggled Friday night. Lance Lynn, and did get the win wasn't great but nevertheless the White Sox won the game but Lance Lynn and Lucas Giolito got to be better for these guys because they're finally at least getting close to healthy but right when they get close to healthy Luis Robert goes on the uh, DL for the White Sox because that's what we've been talking about for the last three or four weeks it's like there's a buy sign here on the White Sox because once they get healthy at least with the bats they're going to start hitting they certainly are today five nothing already in the bottom of the third uh, Dylan Z's by the way giving up five hits three strikeouts, but he's the been the best in the rotation. But there just hasn't been that consistency with the White Sox. Guardians obviously still ahead of him, 48-45. I thought the White Sox were going to have the momentum, though, out of the All-Star break, what they did to the Twins this time last weekend, taking three of four. And that was really kind of that show them whos boss series where they kind of smacked them around and said, okay, we're still the team to beat here in this division. And then the White Sox, they've come out and lost two of the first three, so just trying to get a split here this afternoon, but off to a good start.
3: St. Louis at Cincinnati. Cardinals remain a game-and-a-half back of Milwaukee in the National League Central. Mikolas and Molly on the Hill today. Cardinals closed as minus 155 favorites, nine and a half for your total. And this is threatening to go over here in a hurry. Cincinnati broke out to a big lead. Cardinals trying to come back here, six to two right now in favor of the Reds and your in-game total up to 12.
4: Cardinals get a uh, two-game dip, by the way, on Tuesday. They go up to face the Blue Jays for a set and they're going to be likely without Paul Goldschmidt and Nolan Arenado. We saw this with the uh, Royals, I believe, the week before the All-Star break. Uh, uh, No vaccination, obviously. Obviously, that violates the policy up there in Canada. So, not going to have Goldschmidt, not going to have O Arenado, and look, uh, basically a two-team race right now in the NL Central with the uh, Cardinals and, of course, the uh, leading Milwaukee Brewers. But. You know, Goldschmidt right now, he's the leader, too, in the the NL MVP. I think he's basically odds-on. I've seen minus 110 on him to be the favorite to get this home. Cardinals had a little bit of struggles, but still only one and a half back of the Milwaukee Brewers. But uh, Reds all over him today, 6-2 going into the bottom of the
3: 5th. The Rays and the Royals in KC coming into this series. Tampa Bay had won 7 of 8. The Royals got the win on Saturday and looking to do it again here today. Out to a 2-1 to advantage in the bottom of the third inning. Your in-game total is at 9. That's up a tick from where it closed at 8.5. Tampa Bay went off as minus 155 favorites and the Milwaukee Brewers going for a sweep of the Colorado Rockies. Eric Lauer and Chad Cool brew crew were laying minus 190 on the money line at the close with a total of nine in this game. It's already three to one Milwaukee in the bottom of the second inning. If you want to lay three and a half runs, it's only going to cost you minus 115 and your in-game total all the way to 11 and a half expecting some runs scored here. Maybe an opportunity there, Wes. I know it's early in the ballgame. Do you have an opinion if that game is going to stay under or over 11 and a
4: half? I I would lean a little bit to the over. I actually did kind of like the Rockies as a big dog today. Uh, Rough start though three to one bottom of the second Hader did get a save on friday because there was concern going into the all-star break josh Hader had a rough couple weeks maybe he has uh, found his way out of those
3: struggles gave up a grand slam to my giants not too long ago and that's when that concern started for Hader. but it looks like he has righted the ship we're going to shift over to some nfl week one talk when we come back just getting started here on betting across america brought to you by betmgm stick around at vsin The college football guide is out now and the pro football guide is coming soon. There's no better way to prepare for college and pro football seasons. Other than here at vSIN. our experts provide profiles of every team with advanced stats and power ratings, plus best bets on season, win totals, division finishes and player awards. Reserve your copy of the football betting guides today and get access to everything we offer for the entire football season with a vSIN all access subscription. Make this football season your best ever subscribe now at v I tell you, just reading that promo gets me fired up, Mm -hmm. Wes. Week one of the NFL season is 46 days away. Thursday, September 8th, kicks off the season at SoFi Stadium where the Buffalo Bills will visit the Super Bowl defending champion Los Angeles Rams. And right now at BetMGM, the Buffalo Bills are a one-point road favorite over the defending champs. Your total at 52-and-a-half. And I tell you, I've already been taking a look at these week one games. And – this is maybe the one that I'm staying the furthest away from.
4: Yeah, yeah, I kind of am, too, because I think if, if you like the Buffalo Bills, you've missed the number. I think it was two and a half, uh, at least at some faraway places. Now you're seeing pretty much consensus. A one-point favorite, a couple still at pick 'em, And, you know, talking to some of the bookmakers around town, talking to Chris Andrews at the South Point, uh, some of the guys over at Caesars, some of the guys over at Westgate Superbook, and also at the MGM Properties, you're getting a lot of people saying, man, we're getting a lot of Buffalo Bills Super Bowl liability. Mm. They are betting the Bills and they are betting them early and they are betting them often for the Super Bowl. And you can already see that that is switched here. Uh, minus one, of course, uh, not going to be ring night necessarily for the Rams because the Rams did pick up their rings in a ceremony on Thursday night, but it is going to be banner night at SoFi Stadium. And then you got a team like the Buffalo Bills who are in that, you know, one of the great games in recent years, bowing out to Kansas City. I thought in the they divisional were the best round. team in the NFL. I did too. And and, and look, they're going to be looking at that and be like, yeah, that should be us, dude. That's going to be us this time next year up in Buffalo. So, you know, you can understand why why the move has been to the Buffalo side. Because when you win a Super Bowl, sometimes it's hard to, you know, get that sense of urgency. And it takes a couple games to be like, okay, fellas, you know, we're all talking about running it back. And then we take a loss and thinking we'll be all right. So, That's why I understand I don't disagree with this move at all on the Buffalo Bills. Uh, I think maybe if it gets to one and a half you'll see some teaser interest to the Rams uh, plus seven and a half. You'll probably get some two-way money anyway, because people will bet it to say, oh, the Super Bowl champions are underdogs here at home in their opener. So, but I think once it gets to seven and a half, or one and a half, rather, that might be the buy spot on the teaser for seven and a half.
3: Yep, I hear you there. Uh, The next game on the rotation is the Baltimore Ravens visiting the New York Jets. One thing that's very interesting about week one in the NFL, I believe it's 10 home underdogs, and maybe it's 11 if you include the Los Angeles Rams there, but at least 10. And one of them is the New York Jets at BetMGM catching five and a half points with a total of 45 and a half. This one's difficult for me. I think, you know, I bet the Baltimore Ravens to win the division, um, but am I going to lay five and a half mm-hmm. points to a Jets team that I think will certainly be improved? And obviously everybody wants to get off to a good start, but this would be a big one for the Jets at home. Right. And 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 you make a kind of touch on a good point
4: there. Even if you really like a team, like you bet them to win a division or you bet them to win a conference or have a Super Bowl future or a win total on them, I think a lot of bettors do make that mistake, Brady, in week one. It's like, well, I really, when I did my handicapping, did all my prep work over the summer, I really like this team, so I got to go bet them right away in yeah. week one. And you do not have to. I mean, just because the team, if they maybe even lose their first game, you know, that's like a death sentence, right? It's not necessarily here because I think you've got a lot of home underdogs in this week. Home underdogs tend to do well in week one. And uh, let me tie that in, actually. I know that's not in the order we have it, but a good example of this is going to be the Philadelphia Eagles and the Detroit Lions. Now mm-hmm. you're seeing Philly lay four and a half to Detroit and you might even see five. I wouldn't be surprised if this gone up because Philadelphia has gotten a lot of the buzz. And if you look talent for talent, they might be the best team just on pure talent in the NFCs. So they might have more talent on that roster than do the favorite Dallas Cowboys. So you get Philadelphia, everybody's high on them. They had a really good draft. They got AJ Brown in that draft at night trade on night one. So they go to Detroit and they pounded Detroit last year. It was 44 to six. And Detroit, even though they were 313 and one, they didn't get blown out in many games. They got blown out in a couple games. And that's one game they did get blown out 44 to six up there in Ford Field. I got to think you're going to have a Detroit team that's pretty fired up. And I know some of the metrics and some of the analytics guys, some of the guys at Pro Football Focus, Eric Eager has joined us on this program, a couple others that are a little bit higher on Detroit than the market. And I'm not necessarily willing to go that uh, on that bridge necessarily. But I think in week one, Detroit might be a live home dog against the Philadelphia Eagles. And I tend to like to play against that hype in week one, you know, with maybe some exceptions, with like the clear best of breed one or two top three teams, maybe I don't go against, but might be a good spot for the home underdog in Detroit.
3: Scott Piercy bogeys the ninth hole, and he will head to the back nine with a four-shot advantage over Tony Finau. Finau is currently on the tenth hole. Four shots again back of Scott Piercy, your leader, at the 3M Open. I think this one is interesting, too. The New Orleans Saints at the Atlanta Falcons in week one, and I know a lot of people are high in the New Orleans Saints, betting their season win total over the total, and the Atlanta Falcons, people believe, will be one of, if not the very worst teams in In the NFL, New Orleans on the road here, laying five and a half in a division tilt. It's tough to take the Falcons in this spot, but it might be a hold your nose game and play the home dog again. Yeah, I surely
4: am not going to lay it with New Orleans. And you mentioned people being high on them. I am one of them that are high on the New Orleans Saints. I like Dennis Allen kind of being the new voice. I think, You know, both sides, Sean Payton and then his guys kind of wore out with each other. It's like, hey, we had some success. We got a Super Bowl championship here. Maybe it's time for a break. Sean Payton, I think, will be back in coaching, though, beforehand soon enough. He's going to do Amazon, I believe, in the studios. Wouldn't be surprised to see him back as early as next year. But Dennis Allen, the defensive coordinator, is still a new voice as the head coach. I think this team is going to be pretty good. Uh, I don't know if they're going to win the division. I certainly like them to make the playoffs. I did also bet their season win total over. But that's one I'm a little lukewarm on. I don't know if I really want to lay the points. We know Atlanta is going to be bad. But look, we knew Jacksonville was going to be bad a couple sure. of years ago sure. when Indianapolis went down there and laid over a touchdown. That was, I think, Phillip Rivers' first game two years ago. And then what happens? Jacksonville gets the outright win. That's the only game they won all season. <laughs> so in week, you know, week one, and I know it sounds so cliche, but – Everybody zero and zero. Everybody at least has some semblance of optimism, despite the fact what all the prognosticators and what all the betters, all the guys on this network and other networks are going to project them to be. You're going to get a good effort in week one. Well, you've got to
3: remember, too, uh, Michael Thomas is currently on the pup list in, in training camp. Mm-hmm. He may not be available for week one. Alvin Kamara will not be in the lineup on that Saints offense for week one. Now, we expect the Saints defense to really be be the high mark of that team and to kind of carry that team this year. But the offense could be down a little bit in week one.
4: Yeah, I, I think you're absolutely right. I think eventually, you know, when they get everybody healthy and uh, however long the Kamara suspension is going to be for the incident that happened out here in Las Vegas over Pro. Bowl weekend. It's going to get better, and I like the addition of Olave. I like the addition of Jarvis Landry. I thought that was a sneaky good signing. They'll be able to score, I think, and they showed a little confidence in Jameis. Now that we know what the story is with Jameis, he's going to make big plays, but he's going to mess up and turn it over sometimes. He can just cut that down. Offensive line should still be pretty good, even though they got that rookie out of Northern Iowa replacing Armstead, who has now gone to the Miami Dolphins, but yeah, your point, I think, is well taken. I am not one to really lay this at five and a half, and I think This was three and a half you know, the global opener basically for this. Uh, four, you know, five still, I think, considered that dead number even though there's less dead numbers with all the missed extra points and teams going for two in different situations, but
3: I still think four is kind of key. I don't want to lay five and a half of New Orleans here. Speaking of the Miami Dolphins, they will play host in South Florida to the New England Patriots and Tua Tagovailoa, by the way, 3-0 and straight up and against the spread in his career against Belichick's Patriots. You remember in week one, they upset the Patriots. uh, Patriots fumbling on about the two-yard line or so late in the game and giving that game to Miami. Miami's a -a two-and-a-half point favorite here, and this is one game I do have circled. I have not bet it yet, but I like the Patriots catching the points here.
4: Yeah, I don't disagree with you. I certainly will probably use this in a teaser leg, just seeing the total kind of get bet to the under already i think it's moved about a point i think it probably has more to go at least on the downward trend but you're seeing even a couple threes out there with new england so you could still tease it up to nine but that long teaser leg obviously two and a half you can go up to eight and a half uh and 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 miami is a team i'm not necessarily up on nor down on they're kind of a whole team because we always have those teams brady we're kind of sure about going into the season. And we have a good read on then teams that we think are going to be bad, that we think are going to be good. And then we have teams where we have no idea, and that's the Miami Dolphins. I know they've added a lot on offense to try to help Tua out and maybe people are selling the Patriots a little bit, because we look at them, it's like they don't have a coordinator named on either side of the ball, even though Matt Patricia's back, uh, kind of as the offensive assistant or whatever the uh, title and that they And I don't understand
3: that. It, hasn't he always been a defensive guy? E-
4: exactly. So, this might be by committee. Joe Judge, uh, by the way, is up there to coach the quarterbacks, so, you know, it'll depend. Bill Belichick, you gotta think, he's always gonna call the defense. Mm-hmm. So, I'm not worried about them not having a defensive coordinator, but I think certainly, I don't know if I'm gonna take the points here at three. At three, I'd be more interested in two and a half but this is certainly I think a very good teaser leg and we'll get to that throughout the program there's a lot of good teaser leg games in week one
3: Angels still blanking the Braves, eight to nothing in the bottom of the sixth. The Yankees still lead Baltimore three to nothing, and Toronto extends its lead over the Boston Red Sox. Eight to two now, bottom five. That game just a half run from going over the total there at Fenway Park. We'll be back with more Betting Across America, presented by BetMGM in just a moment. Keep it here at VSyn, the Sports Betting Network.
0: This is Betting Across America on v the sports betting
3: network. Welcome back to Betting Across America, presented by BetMGM, Brady Cannon, and Wes Reynolds with you. And Derek Carty now joins us. He's a baseball analyst for ESPN and Roto Grinders. You can also see his daily handicap in the v newsletter, and you can follow him on Twitter at Derek Carty. Derek, thank you so much for joining us. I know you're a big statistician, a numbers guy, and I want to talk about bullpens. In your numbers, and when you crunch your figures day in and day out, who is the best bullpen in baseball statistically? And is that a team you want to ride into the postseason, or do you think that that team could fade eventually?
6: Yeah, the best bullpen in baseball, according to my projection system, the bat is the Los Angeles Dodgers. Uh, They're kind of the best at everything. (laughs) Um, So, yeah, I would certainly want to ride the Dodgers into the postseason. They they basically don't have a flaw in the bullpen. They have six relievers who are all very, very good. Uh, Reyes Moranta is basically like if there's a weak link, it's him. And even he's like, okay. They really don't have a bad reliever and they have a whole bunch of really, really good ones. So the Dodgers are, I mean, obviously the best team in baseball, obviously kind of the favorite to win the World Series. And the bullpen is definitely a part of that.
3: Well, that's the next question. Would you go is there a bet out there that is still in your opinion good value to make on the Dodgers? I think they're minus 10,000 or something to win the division, maybe minus 5,000 rather, but I think they're about plus 325 to win the World Series. Are there any bets out there if you think the Dodgers are going to continue on and you say ride them through the postseason? Is there a bet that you would make out there that uh, is available right now?
6: Yeah, I mean the problem is the Dodgers are good and everybody knows the Dodgers are good. The odds are more or less fair for them. You know, if you can get them, you know, if you if you'd shop around and you find odds for them to win plus 450 plus some, you know, around there, maybe you take it. If we're talking plus 300, plus 350, that that's probably where they should be. There's probably not a lot of value there.
4: Derek, one more on bullpens, and let's go to the American League favorite, that being the New York Yankees, Michael King, now out for the season uh, with the elbow injury. And this is a team that's kind of had to play a little bit of musical chairs in the bullpen. Obviously, Clay Holmes has established himself as a closer, but no Miguel Castro, no Chad Green. Luis Gill has been out. Our oldest, Chapman, has obviously been highly volatile so far this season. So do you have any concern long-term for this Yankee bullpen?
6: Yeah, the Yankees bullpen is is not as strong as the Dodgers. They are a bullpen that they have some elite arms in there, but they also have some weak links. It's something that I would expect them to probably address at the trade deadline, you know, get a reliever or two to solidify things. They're probably a top 10 or so bullpen, but they're not like truly elite. So, you know, if they're going to make a run, it would help for them to add an arm or two.
3: Derek, you mentioned the trade deadline. We are nine days away from August the 2nd. That is the trade deadline, and probably the biggest name that's being floated out there is Juan Soto of the Washington Nationals, and this Washington Nationals team is just absolutely awful. They've lost 17 out of their last 19 games, so certainly Soto and maybe some other players are are looking to be sold uh, from the Nationals. Who do you think is the best suitor, or who has the the guns to make a trade for this all-star?
6: It's really tough to say because it's so rare that a player of his caliber becomes available. There aren't even like a lot of comps to see what it's going to take. It's going to take a massive haul. He's one of, I mean, he is the best hitter in baseball right now. And to this point in his career, he's one of the best hitters of all time. There's very, very few hitters at his age who have done what he has done already. And it's just it's going to take a massive haul. I think every single contender is going to be in the mix making an offer. It's just a matter of, like you said, kind of who has the guns to get it done. I could see the Mets being in the mix. I could see the Yankees being in the Mets. I could see the Dodgers being in the mix. There are any number of teams. I think every team that's in contention in baseball is calling the Washington Nationals right now to see what it would take to get it done. And I'm just as interested as you are to see who's going to do it. Derek, uh, one
4: thing I was kind of looking at in terms of some of the proposed trades out there for Juan Soto, August 2nd, is the deadline. Maybe there's a possibility he doesn't get dealt until the offseason, but it seems like uh, what Mike Rizzo and the guys in Washington would like, it's like, okay, we'll do the deal, but you might have to take Patrick Corbin's contract on. I think he has (laughs) like a year and a half left, and obviously you're not getting a pitcher exactly at his peak. He got beat around again in Arizona the other night. So do you see any team out there willing to do that if that is going to be the sticking point? to take on that contract
6: yeah if that's going to be the sticking point you're going to have a team more than willing to do that it's it's not ideal nobody wants that contract Patrick Corbin isn't going to add a lot to your team but essentially it's a way to add value like we said it's going to take a massive haul to acquire Juan Soto and if part of that haul is taking on a bad contract there's going to be plenty of teams lining up to do that I would think
3: Derek, you talk about the Los Angeles Dodgers having the best bullpen, really probably the best uh, team in all of baseball, and then coupled with the thought that maybe they would be a contender for Soto, the Mets, the Yankees, you know, it really seems in baseball, there's kind of the haves and the have nots. All that being said, who would you put your money on right now to win the
6: World Series? The Dodgers are certainly the favorite, but again, at their odds, I don't think there's a lot of value. If we're talking about placing an actual bet on a team, kind of the the sleeper, underdog-type team that I would have interest in would be the Philadelphia Phillies. Mm. Uh, You can probably find them around 35-1 to last I looked, and this is a team that they're dealing with some injuries now. But they have one of the easiest schedules over the rest of the season. They play the Nationals several times. They play the Marlins several times. They have out-of-division games against teams like, uh, I believe, I think it's like the Pirates and the Diamondbacks. And it's it's a very easy schedule the rest of the way for the Phillies. And by the time they get to the postseason, hopefully, you know, they will be healthier. Bryce Harper will be back. Zach Eflin will be back. Gene Segura will be back. So this is a team that... At their odds, I think they have a really strong chance of getting to the postseason, and then from there, thirty-five to one is, you know, is, is really good.
4: Uh, Derek, if you're looking at the American League, I think uh, some people that I have certainly talked to, if they're looking for a long shot, not wanting to go chalky with Yankees, Dodgers, Astros, Mets, and company, some have pointed to the Chicago White Sox uh, that say, okay, the bats are getting healthy now. And they just smacked around the Twins the series before at the All Star break. Uh, but now they're up 5 nothing today on the Indians, trying to get back to 500. Is this just kind of what the White Sox are, where they're going to like kind of tease you a little bit and say, hey, they can still be one of the top teams in the American League? Maybe they can do damage in the postseason. But then they disappoint, and you know, the starting pitching, Giolito and Lynn just are not giving you quality starts right now.
6: Yeah, I actually kind of like. The White Sox, you know, at their odds, what does it look like, 15 to 1 on Mm -hmm. the board there? Uh, They project, according to my projections, uh, for the third best record in the American League rest of season. And part of that is because of an easy schedule for them as well. But the Yankees and the Astros are the only two teams that project for more wins the rest of the way uh, than the White Sox in the American League. And so at those odds, I don't have a problem with that. You know, they... There are some concerns with the White Sox, you know, like you said, the back end of their rotation and whatnot, but uh, I don't mind it. I think there's plenty of upside for them. I think there's plenty of talent on that roster.
3: Derek, the last time you and I spoke, you were pretty high on the Atlanta Braves. Are they still on your radar as a team that you would bet to win the division and possibly the World Series,
6: maybe a pennant, what have you? Absolutely. The Braves, like the Phillies, very easy schedule the rest of the way, lots of talent. I would have no problem placing uh, a bet Uh, For them to win the division or the World Series, I think the odds on both of those are, are pretty solid for the Braves still.
4: Derek, uh, I want to turn back to the AL East and uh, a a very bad weekend, by the way, for the Boston Red Sox as they're getting pounded yet again by the Toronto Blue Jays about to get swept there in Fenway. Do you think now and this is kind of where we're getting in that in that spot here where we got a week before the deadline, we know there are some clear sellers and we know there are some clear buyers. Do you think the Red Sox uh, have got to maybe start considering being a seller here at the trade deadline?
6: I'm sure it's conversations they're having in the front office, and it could go either way with them. I still think they have the talent to make the playoffs, especially if they do make a good acquisition or two. But they have a little bit of a hole to dig out of. There, there's plenty of competition, especially in that division. And so I could see it going either way. They, they have a really tough call to make here.
3: Derek, just about a minute left, real quick. Sunday night baseball, the San Diego Padres and Joe Musgrove going for a sweep at the New York Mets facing Carlos Carrasco. Carrasco and the Mets are about a minus-130 favorite. Do you have an opinion on this game coming up 4 p.m. Pacific, uh, 7 p.m. Eastern tonight at Citi Field?
6: Yeah, the line looks pretty, pretty fair to me. Uh, I don't think there's much value one way or the other. It looks like uh, the market kind of has this one just right.
3: All right. Well, no play for Sunday night baseball. I was thinking maybe a little action here to uh, satisfy my Sorry, Sunday night. That's, all right. <laughs> that's okay. Sometimes the best play is to stay away indeed. Thank you as always, Mr. Cardi. Enjoy the rest of your Sunday. Yeah, thanks very much. Thanks for having me. Thank you, Derek. All right, that is Derek Carty. Check him out. His work in the Vison newsletter comes out every day during the baseball season. Some really good information there, all kinds of trends and stats that you want to pay attention to as you begin your baseball handicap each and every day as we wind down to about the last 60-plus games of the regular season. We'll come back with more in just a moment. Stick around. It's Betting Across America, brought to you by BetMGM. BetMGM, the king of sports books, unleashes the spirit of Las Vegas with BetMGM Rewards. Every time you make a wager at BetMGM, you can earn BetMGM Rewards points that you can redeem for online bonus credits like free bets and risk-free tokens. Are you planning a trip to Vegas? You can also convert your BetMGM points into MGM Rewards points that you can use towards dining, shows, and hotel rooms at over 20 MGM Resorts properties located on the Las Vegas Strip and nationwide. BetMGM Rewards is sports betting's premier loyalty program featuring exclusive offers, incredible experiences, and valuable perks when you wager on the BetMGM app. Sign up with the BetMGM app or log on today to get an even bigger piece of the action with BetMGM rewards. Eligibility restrictions apply. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. Please gamble responsibly. If you have a problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER. No real change on the baseball scoreboard, but the Milwaukee Brewers have extended their lead over the Colorado Rockies 5-2 now in the third inning, and the in-game total there is all the way up to 13. A little bit of change in the golf tournament. Scott Piercy now just a three-shot advantage over Tony Finau. That is really just a two-man race there at the 3M 3M Open in Blaine, Minnesota. Percy at 18 under par and Finau at 15 under par. Minus
4: 350 for Piercy, yeah, 3-1 for Finau. Then you go 20 to one uh, Emiliano Grillo, who is five off the
3: pace. So Scott Piercy, still a pretty heavy favorite with a three shot cushion and eight holes left to play. Uh, Four games left on the Major League Baseball schedule for your Sunday. And we will begin in Oakland, California, 107 Pacific, 407 Eastern. The Texas Rangers in Oakland to face the A's who... uh, all of a sudden started to win baseball games. What's mm-hmm. got into the swing and A's here? Uh, they will go for the sweep. I believe it's their first sweep, series sweep of the season. And, uh, you know, on top of that, it's at home where they've been god-awful this year. But they will go for a sweep behind Paul Blackburn, who is facing Martin Perez. And for the third straight day, the Oakland A's are a home underdog once again. Plus 120 on the money line. West with a total of 7.5.
4: Yeah, and the Rangers getting some late bets here. Maybe uh, people chase from the early results, but I think it's moving the wrong way here. Paul Blackburn is an underdog uh, at, at plus $1.30 now I'm seeing his high in the market. I think it's still one twenty at BetMGM, so shop around. But Martin Perez is a guy. He's been pretty solid this year to start, if you look. 7-2 and two is his record, 268 on the ERA, but 372 on the XFIP, the fielding independent pitching. So this is a guy It's not a big strikeout guy. He's kind of a soft tosser. We know Oakland not very potent at the plate to say the least, but yeah, I, I disagree with this move a little bit here. I I think Paul Blackburn plus plus one thirty. by the way, the lone all-star from the A's. uh, I don't know if he's going to be mad at his current employer, considering uh, they didn't, uh, you know, they were going to make him go coach to the all-star game, apparently and the Houston Astros said, Hey, you could ride on the private jet with (laughs) with us. So, uh, you know, maybe uh, Paul Blackburn, I don't know if this is, it will be his last year in Oakland. uh, Maybe
3: his last start.
4: Yeah. You never know, but I do like him and Paul Blackburn, and I think really has been one of the only bright spots for the A's six and five record but if he was on a better team based on how he's pitched it would be much better so uh I'm gonna go at the home underdog here and the A's to complete a rare sweep this season
3: absolutely uh 110 Pacific 410 Eastern the Washington Nationals in Arizona and the Nats have now lost 17 of their last 19 games the Arizona Diamondbacks going for a sweep, and their fourth win in a row, and it'll be Corbin Martin making his first start Mm -hmm. of the season. And the Snakes are a small favorite here, minus 125 on the money line, 9.5 for your total.
4: Yeah, tough for me to get to, to back the Nationals, uh, really, in any spot, even against a guy making his first start, Corbin Martin, because one of the things I do uh, first every morning, I go to fan graphs and kind of look at the, at the pitching matchups and whatnot, and I was like, okay, where is this guy? Oh, he's not listed on the starters because he hadn't made one, so... uh Yeah, I'm not going to lay a guy in his his first major league start here, but I definitely don't want any part of the Nationals. This team is obviously dreadful, and now they know their superstar wants out. Uh, Eric Fetty has been okay this season. Vegas Kid? Yeah, he certainly hasn't been as down as Patrick Corbin or uh, or John Adon. You know, some of the other guys that have started for the Nationals. You look at that thirty-one and sixty-five minus twenty-three hundred one in terms of the return on investment. So uh, this is basically they are the equivalent in the stock market of a penny stock. (laughs) Are the Washington Nationals right now? So uh, this is a stay away for me.
3: Well, and the other thing is, I mean, even if you figure it's an auto fade of the Washington Nationals right now, do you really want to lay a price with the no. Arizona Diamondbacks? Not I mean, at all. how many games are they under 500
4: Yeah, e- exactly. So, um, you know, maybe this is going to be the two bad teams, the happy action fun time on the total at nine and a half, but that's pretty much where it opened.
3: The red-hot Houston Astros have cooled off the once-scorching Seattle Mariners and taken two in a row in the series up in the Pacific Northwest. And Houston will be looking for the road sweep today. It'll be Framber Valdez against Robbie Ray, and the Astros are a slight favorite here at BetMGM, minus 115 on the money line, with a total of seven. I really expected this series to be better, but you often use the phrase, show them who's boss. Well, apparently Houston is uh, doing just that. Yeah,
4: and they have, and now they get Fran Valdez, uh, who is like the ground ball king on this Astros staff. Uh, If you look, uh, 186 on the ERA away from home, 348 on the XFIP, so maybe some regression, but... The Astros' offense. Look, uh, the WRC on the road against left handies. one of the best in the league. Mariners now, all of a sudden, you know they get they get two losses in a row, but they do get their best home pitcher at least so far this season. That's Robbie Ray, two twenty five ERA, two eighty two on the uh, on the fielding independent here in sixty four home innings, but against one of the best lineups, obviously in all of Major League Baseball. Seattle's offense has really been held at bay. Uh, I believe uh, Verlander yesterday. He was outstanding. Get, gets it done again, and and. And, you know, him and McClanahan right there kind of one-two. McClanahan the one, Verlander the two. That might be changing here over the weekend, though, based on how he has pitched coming back from Tommy John. uh, Game looks like a little bit of a coin flip to me. I think there's some, maybe some – momentum for the Mariners being that they could avoid the sweep but really not seeing a lot of line movement on the price of Mariners about even money at home Astros lay in -110 but the total here maybe is something I would look at as a 7 Uh, You have, and you have some of it juiced to the over, some juiced to the under. I think BetMGM is sitting right now at a solid seven. Getaway game for the Astros. They'll start a series in Oakland tomorrow. Seattle will stay at home and get the Rangers coming in, so you don't get both those teams on the getaways, but a small lean to the under seven for me, but no bet at this time.
3: And Scott Piercy gives up another stroke. He is now bogeyed three of his last four holes, and it is down to just a two-shot advantage over Tony Finau. Tony Mm -hmm. Finau is playing the 12th hole, he did hit his last shot into the rough, so he'll have some negotiating to do there. But Scott Piercy really he's... leaking oil through 11 yeah. holes now, one over par on his round.
4: Yeah, he's not only leaking oil, it's a flood of oil outside <laughs> of uh, the en- the engine and uh, the underneath there. Minus $2.00. Tony Finau, plus 225. Emiliano Grillo, who is at 13 under through 10 holes uh, at 10 to 1. Tom Hoagie, uh, Sun J.M., and Doug Gim all tied at 12 under. Hoagie, 33 to 1. Sun J., 50 to 1. Doug Gim 66 to 1. But, yeah, Scott Piercy had this on lock. He had a five-shot lead, I think, when we came on the air. And now he is at a two-shot lead. We'll see if uh, Finau can go ahead and scramble. But, yeah. Scott Piercy uh, in some trouble to close this out. And speaking of closing it out, it looks like uh, the former Open champion, Darren Clark, closes out the senior Open at Glen Eagles. One-shot winner over Patty Harrington.
3: That's pretty cool, having won a British Open and a senior British Open, Darren Clark. Not too bad to have on your career resume. And, and maybe they need
4: to get him back in kind of the uh, Ryder Cup captaincy loop here. Too. Yeah, they're Cons- looking for one considering considering now, Considering some Ryder Cup captains, uh, <laughs> the, the pipeline of the new generation is leaving and going to a different tour so uh, maybe he gets back into it for uh, Italy. But it looks like Thomas Bjorn's is going to be the favorite for that.
3: OK. All right. And he's uh, certainly a worthy candidate as well. But uh, I'd like to get your reaction on that. Of course, I've been on vacation, haven't been able to speak with you uh, in a little while. But, uh, of course, Henrik Stenson, the latest one uh, to migrate over to the Live Tour. And, of course, he was scheduled to be the Ryder Cup captain for the European side. And that's coming up just a couple of months from now. That's at the end of September. I don't really have a problem if a guy wants to go ahead and jump ship and go play on the live tour. But I think what Stenson did to vacate that captain's uh, captaincy, Is awful. It almost seems just inexcusable because that's the dream
4: of every European. It's now DP World Tour, but European Tour player. And I know Colin Montgomery who was in contention here at the Senior Open today at Glen Eagles. They did an interview earlier this week, and it's like that was my dream. That was Faldo's dream. That was you know whether it is or not.
3: You've got to honor a commitment, don't you?
4: Exactly because and I just looked at it. I commented when that was first rumored to be out. I think it was on this program or another program on Vison. Seve Ballesteros rolling over. Over oh, in his grave, yeah. because nobody loved the Ryder Cup more than Seve. And you see all these guys like. Faldo, like Colin Montgomery, like uh, Paul McGinley, and all these guys that wait their turn to be the Ryder Cup captain and Henrik Stenson, you know, I I don't think he's that naive to think that the DP World Tour, which governs the European team for the Ryder Cup, was going to say, yeah, okay, you can just go leave our tour. Because the whole point is to have your player out there playing with potential guys that he's going to be captaining. So uh, he's not going to be able to do
3: that, obviously, on this Live Tour. I thought that was a really poor choice. I mean, if you want to go join the Live Tour, do it after the Ryder. Mm-hmm. Uh, money's going to be Stenson, there you know in my mind was always going to be remembered for that final round he played to win the British Open with Phil Mickelson he's added another piece of remembrance to his resume a negative one indeed we'll be back with more of betting across America in just a moment
2: BetMGM, the king of sportsbooks, unleashes the spirit of Las Vegas with BetMGM rewards. Every time you make a wager at BetMGM, you can earn BetMGM rewards points that you can redeem for online bonus credits like free bets and risk free tokens. Planning a trip free tokens. Planning a trip free tokens. Planning a trip free tokens.